0: Welcome to our podcast, Conversations About Student Mental Health. I'm Chris Leonard, clinical social worker working with adolescents for over 25 years. In this podcast, I talk with school administrators, educators, clinicians, and parents to open a dialogue that will help the growing number of students struggling with mental illness. As we record today's episode, we're just preparing for the school holiday break, The holidays are an exciting and meaningful time for many people. At the same time, the holiday season is laden with childhood memories, happy and sad, and often with idealized expectations of comfort, joy, warmth, and togetherness. The holidays can be particularly stressful for students struggling with mental health issues and their families. This can also present challenges for school staff who may be dealing with their own complex experiences of the holiday season. It's important to remember that students, staff, and families can experience stress not only leading up to and during the holidays, but during the time transitioning back from a long break. A school break gives us all a lot of unstructured time, and for many people, the break brings unpredictability. This can make it difficult to readjust to the structure of the school routine. To explore some helpful strategies to assist students, families, and staff with coping, I'm pleased today to welcome to the podcast Dr. Mary Rose Scalo, who has served as Director of Special Services in Wayne and Parsippany. Welcome Mary Rose.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Really looking forward to our discussion. So let's jump right in. What would you say are some of the outward signs that students exhibit when experiencing increased stress before the holidays?
1: I think what's most interesting is that there are signs that you expect. There Mm -hmm. could be some uh, somatic symptoms. There could be some expressions of suicide ideations. There could be some self-harm. These are the things that we typically look for. I think what is challenging is that students can express their emotional difficulties in a wide range of manners. Sometimes what looks like just acting out is really a call for help. And um, we know certain students that we're looking out for, but during these times, it's important to recognize that There may be students that we have not been working with that are going through difficult times that have not come to our attention, uh, for example. And those are the students that sometimes fall between the cracks. So what we can do is look out for what's expected and be on the alert for the unexpected. Mm.
0: So really, I guess if you're you're seeing kind of a something unexpected, a change in behavior, something that's outside the norm for a particular student, that could be one of those signs, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's obviously, that's one challenge for staff. What would be you know, some of the other challenges that teachers, administrators, and child study team personnel might experience before and after a break?
1: You know, it's really funny, I'm having these conversations with directors all the time because this time of year staff They schedule holiday parties and celebrations with their students and with other staff members. And it can be a very happy time of year, but it rarely is for special education staff. For special education staff, two times of year that are not uh, easy to celebrate would be Christmas and graduation time. These are the times when we are often called into crisis situations. I cannot recall a special services holiday party where there were all members present. Someone is always called out to deal with a crisis situation, and that has an impact on the entire staff, teachers as well as child study team members, as well as administrators. It can be be a very stressful time.
0: Mm.
1: when other people are relaxing, we are on high alert. And uh, that carries over through the holiday break. You cannot deal with a crisis on a Friday before a holiday break and not take that home with you. Mm. Yes. Through the weekend and yes. through the holidays. And I think what is most stressful in a public school is to know that this is it. You're closed, right There are no services offered during those holiday breaks, and typically no services offered over the summer break.
0: And the students are just as aware of that as we are, right. so you know, in some ways, these things that we see uh, around the break these are these are cries for help, these are calls for attention, this is, please, you know, let me get this in now, right.
1: Right, and we're providing a Band-Aid, and we're basically saying to families and students in need, this is all we can do. We we can do something for you today, and we can put you in touch with someone else. And this is where it becomes, uh, I think, critical to partner with a therapeutic service. If you are Mm -hmm. able to do that, then the partnership allows for support during those times when schools are not open, and contractually, you cannot offer services.
0: Okay, so can you just uh, tell me a little bit, you know, okay, we're putting on a Band-Aid most Mm -hmm. of the time, right? We're just trying to get through the day. So what's, why can't just, you know, why can't the staff member who's on the team, why can't the counselor that you might already have, why can't they be the person who, who really, gets in there with whatever is going on with that student. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, Well, the -hmm. biggest reason is because special education services are very clearly defined and somewhat inflexible. Teachers, special education teachers, just like general education teachers, need to follow a curriculum. Mm -hmm. They can spend some time on social-emotional learning, but they cannot spend a great deal of time on that. They really need to be keeping students on track so that hopefully students can return to a general education setting. That's our goal. We're always working on that. So now you look at child study team members. They're the ones who have maybe a little more flexibility in their schedules. However, they are stuck in this special education code, rules and regulations, inflexibility that really does not allow for much time to do any kind of intervention. They are doing IEP meetings. They are doing um, testing. They are doing interventions. They are doing consultations. Their timelines are very strict, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And so when you're under the gun like that, you cannot, you do not have the time to dig in deep and provide services like individual counseling, counseling, group counseling, family therapy. Uh, These kinds of services, that type of therapy needs to be ongoing and systematic. Mm. And that's, and flexible. I think the most important thing is Mm -hmm, you need mm -hmm. to be able to provide these services, sometimes outside of school hours, sometimes before, Uh, sometimes after school hours, sometimes during the weekend, sometimes during holiday breaks, as we're talking about right now. Um, Employees of public school are limited by what their contract allows them to do. mm -hmm. And they really are not able to offer services in times like a holiday break, unless that is part of their job description, and that typically is not a job description of a public employee.
0: No, that sounds pretty unusual. That would be highly very unusual,
1: unusual. If,
0: if it exists at uh, all.
1: I, I don't know it. Right? I've never seen it.
0: Hmm. Okay. So yes, this, this this when you bring when you contract for services with somebody, you bring somebody in, and they bring this flexibility. They bring this ability to intervene in much more flexible ways, and, and they actually have the time to do it. They're not, right. they're not constrained by their day-to-day duties, which are intensive. Yes. You know, I'm sure our listeners who serve on child study teams are, are keenly aware of how demanding their jobs are.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Most of them come to these jobs with this idea that they'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That, that is their passion. This, they would love to do nothing more than work with students. In fact, I just met with a social worker today who was telling me how upsetting it is that she cannot spend the time she would like to spend in therapy with students. She is really tied up with a lot of paperwork. That's the nature of the job. The paperwork is very important. From a director's point of view, it's critically important. However, it is not the end all and be all. If we're going to support students with social and emotional needs in a public school setting, we need to look at a more systematic approach, um, something that can speak to the individualized needs of a student. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I'm thinking back to earlier, you were talking about, you know, the two times that are so tough Mm -hmm. are the time around the holidays and the time around graduation, which Mm -hmm. are really times of transition. Correct. And the time after the holidays, that's another period of transition. So, you know, that can really be a tough time in and of itself where students are trying to reacclimate themselves to school. So you know, when the district takes that step of contracting for clinical services with an outside provider, they're usually providing a clinician or maybe a group of clinicians who are solely dedicated to providing direct counseling, Right. right? So how can that dedicated clinician or team of clinicians support students in transitioning back to school after a break?
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, the group therapy, the individualized therapy for students, the consultation with staff, so that staff is aware of what's going on with the students and with their families, providing um, that kind of a liaison between the student and the uh, special education and general education staff can be so helpful. I think in addition, The fact that you have someone taking on this role just takes a burden off the special education teaching staff as well as the child study team teaching staff. And so what you get is a twofold benefit. One, and most importantly, you get the benefit to the student and their families. Those students and families who are in crisis are now getting a much more intensive service, an ongoing service. On the other hand, now your special education staff can do what they need to do mm-hmm. more efficiently and more effectively. That's important. But I think in addition, what's important is you also take a psychological burden off of that special education staff as well. Mm-hmm. There's a guilt, you know, I, I would love to be able to do this. I would love to be able to help, yet I can't.
0: And that's but, a burden.
1: That's that's tough.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like that player on the team that makes everybody around them better. You know, right. the whole team gets stronger and better when you add that one person who can take care of this one burden right. and ease everybody else's right. load.
1: People who go into special education want to help. People who go into special education go in with their, with their heart. And when they can't do things like this, it, it, it takes a toll. And so knowing that you have staff that can assist them and take on that role, uh, you really can't measure that benefit.
0: Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people are, are wondering, um, you know, what are some things that you found over the years would be helpful to people coping during the break? You know, what, what any, any kind of suggestions that, that you found have been useful to people in terms of how they get themselves through, because we know, you know, I remember a, a, a book I used to read to kids when I was teaching. It's not always happy at my house, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know, because kids have, we all have those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, what Has there been anything you've found over the years that, that you know, I, that, this is a tough question, mm. but, you know, something that, that is, people can take with them?
1: You know, it's tough because you have, Boundaries, right? You, right, you right. don't you don't really want to share too much about your personal life and um, how people will view you as having this perfect life. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to share your personal experiences just to make somebody else feel better. You can't do that,
0: right? Right.
1: But I think what helps, maybe more than anything, is for people to know that there's someone there who will authentically listen to them. I'm here for you now. If, you have, if you're contracted with clinical services that can be provided through a holiday break, you know that that person will be there for them during break time in case they, uh, situations get worse. But you know when you return that there will be someone there for you. Who, mm-hmm. who really cares about you, um, there is no substitute for sincerity. Right. And when you are really sincere with a student and they sincerely know you care about them and you communicate the same thing to a family, there's no time limit on that. People sense that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can almost see yourself planting seeds before the break if there's something that you can give a you know, students something to look forward to. Right. Hey, when we get back, mm-hmm. you and I are going to do yes. this. Or, right you know, we're going to work on this project mm-hmm. together. Or our class is doing this, and I'm really looking forward to your contribution.
1: Right, right. So,
0: really giving them some connection to the return and some relevance. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah, that's it's good.
1: A, a, a personal touch.
0: That was that was not an easy question, but you. <laughs> well, thank that you. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, so I imagine the thing about coming back for students is they're, they're really full of anxiety and, uh, you know, oh my gosh, now I have to get up in the morning. I mean, so, mm-hmm. so many of the things that right. change that you kind of get into a whole different lifestyle during the break. So now you have to adjust. Um, and, you know, we do what we see, you know, after breaks is sometimes kids who struggle with school avoidance.
1: Right. That's, that's the a, biggest break. That's
0: like a, that's a critical time. Right. So how does the... How does the clinician help those kids in particular?
1: Well, one thing a clinician can do is actually go to the home, which is something we really, again, uh, don't have the time, staff, ability to make those kinds of connections. Even just a phone call to the home sometimes Hmm. is, is enough to get a conversation going. Most often I feel that it's the parents who need um, some guidance, some suggestions, what to say, how to get that student Good point. A- out of out of the house. Right. They have no idea what to say. They're, no. Um, they're overwhelmed.
0: Right. They're just trying, I'm trying to get to work or I'm <laughs> right, trying to right, uh, get my right, day started right. or I've got this, my boss is, ex- I'm going to be late again. Right. right. right?
1: You, you burn something on the stove and you lose your temper with your family When right. when, you, when you're in a situation like this. Uh, you, you'll often say the wrong thing. And it's it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you're stressed and you need support as well. So I think the clinician really um, can provide direct support to the student and getting that student back if that means going to the home, if that means a phone call, if that just means saying, when you come in, I'm going to be here for you and I'm going to meet you at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll meet you at your car in the parking lot, whatever that is that that student needs. But I've, I have found more often that working through the parent, and one thing that can be very helpful is a phone call the day before school starts.
0: Right, laying the ground again, right, giving, giving, creating an expectation before right. and, a, and a, a sense that, okay, it's okay, we can do this tomorrow.
1: Right, and rehearsing with the parent. Right. So if your son or daughter says this... This is what you can say
0: because so 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 often the parent is in that situation where they're like, I can't believe this is happening to me, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And and you, you freeze right. in those moments when you, oh, this is happening to me. No, this can't be happening to me. You, you're having such a hard time believing it. You don't know how to act.
1: Right. Most of us are hardwired to um, not expect the worst of our next morning. <laughs> no, most of us wake up with the thought that things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think, typical to expect that you're going to wake up and your child is going to be fine and going to go off to school. But if a cl- clinician can reach out and say, you know, <laughs> coming back to school after a break, particularly when your child is in this state of mind or going through whatever they are going through, can be difficult. Let's just rehearse what might happen and what you could say and how you can best handle that. Uh, that, that is so valuable.
0: Definitely. And having that person whose job really is to focus on that is, I mean, basically what you're saying, it's really a must have for the special education team. 100%.
1: Yeah. Really? Um, because here's your option you can do that and retain students in public school programs. Mm-hmm. And that is not only a benefit and a very important benefit to the student but it's a benefit to the entire school organization. What you really want to do is, if whenever possible, retain your students in the least restrictive environment.
0: Makes perfect sense. So this is, this is really helpful information, uh, Mary Rose. I want to thank you for sharing these, these insights with us. Um, I can't believe it, but we're about out of time. So thanks very much for joining us. Oh, it
1: was a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, So listeners, I'd like to wish all of you uh, a healthy and joyful holiday season uh, with time for whatever you need to restore yourself and prepare for a new year. Thank you for listening today. And please do join us for future conversations about student mental health. Conversations about student mental health is brought to you by Sage Thrive, partners in school-based mental wellness. You can find the show notes on our website at www.sagethrivetoday.com. You can also suggest topics for upcoming episodes of the podcast. We'd love to know what issues related to student mental health you want to hear more about.